0: welcome back to the Human Nutrition and Lifestyle Podcast. We have JC with us today to tell us her story. So JC, jump right in. Tell us all about yourself, where you're from and what sort of things you kind of do.
1: Yeah. Um. So my name is JC. Thank you for having me on. Um. I had a pretty normal childhood growing up in tucson arizona since then i've made my way over to denver colorado and in terms of what i like to do um, i like to make meat recipes online and i'm very passionate about dogs so if i see a dog i will pet it
0: tell us about why and how you got into nutrition
1: absolutely um so like i said very normal childhood grew up eating the standard american diet very normal meals in that sense. Uh, When I became, when I got around teenage years, I started developing eating disorders and I also became a vegetarian at the time. Um, So I was vegetarian for about three years and kind of as I was leaving vegetarianism is also when I recovered from my eating disorder. So I think those kind of went hand in hand. Um, And then as an adult, I kind of tried every nutritional strategy under the sun. Like I did paleo, I did if it fits your macros. Eventually I found keto and that worked really well for me. Um, I struggled with it because it's so binary in terms of if you are over your carb limit, then you're no longer in ketosis. So I would be like, oh, I'm a gram over carbs. I might as well eat all of the carbs. Um, So eventually I heard about carnivore And I really thought it would just be an easier keto diet, less meal prep and less having to track. And it was just a night and day difference for me. The benefits that I had on keto, like less brain fog, reduced joint pain, those things went away when I went carnivore. So I managed to completely cure myself of OCD, something I'd been struggling with since my teenage years. I had tried various medications and therapies for it and nothing really made it diminish at all until I tried carnivore. It took several months, but eventually all of the intrusive thoughts went away. Um, I completely eliminated joint pain. I was finally able to pursue a big dream that I had to compete in a fitness competition um, because I was just physically able to through the carnivore diet. There's a bunch of other benefits I've had, but those would be the main two.
0: Uh, So what about things like body composition then? Because people often like to change their nutrition and and let's face it, most people come into nutrition because they're worrying about body composition. Um, mm-hmm. So was that something that that you also went down the road of thinking, maybe I can lose weight, maybe I can gain weight, maybe I can change my body composition? Like you said, you was heading towards uh, fitness and, and sh- showing off. So was that something that you wanted?
1: Uh, yes and no. When I started keto, it was definitely because I wanted to experience weight loss benefits from that. I had seen a picture of myself right before I started keto, and it just made me very sad. I didn't look like myself anymore. And it was both in terms of weight, but inflammation more than anything. You could just see it in my face. Um, so I knew that keto was really good for me in terms of being able to achieve um, I will say fat loss goals. Um, However, I worked out pretty diligently on keto and was never able to achieve the muscle mass gains that I had wanted. Um, With carnivore, I started it again because I knew that keto was good for me in terms of being able to maintain my fat loss. However, I was not expecting the muscle gains that I was able to achieve on carnivore. I didn't realize it would be so different from keto.
0: Let's break these down a little bit then for people uh, on the peripheries not really sure about what we're talking about. Obviously, most people will understand what being a vegetarian is. Um, mm. You go out there and, and eat mostly fruits and, and vegetables, things like that. But keto is so broad. The spectrum is so broad when you say about a ketogenic diet style diet. So what was your ketogenic style nutrition? What was the thing you was doing mostly?
1: Yeah, so I've never been a big fan of processed foods. So when I say ketogenic diet, I am talking about the macro split that I was eating. Um, So I would eat less than 20 grams of carbs a day, and I don't believe in net carbs. I think that's Dumb, um, so it was just straight twenty grams of less than twenty grams of carbs a day, and then the rest I would make up in fat and protein, typically around seventy percent fat, thirty percent protein, um, with the carbs taking from either category.
0: So your carbs were still coming from th- real food, things like vegetables and fruits and that kind of thing.
1: Correct. I would eat a lot of green leafy vegetables, avocado, olives, tomatoes. I wasn't eating a ton of fruit. Um, I am not a moderator in any sense of the term (laughs) um, when it comes to fruit. So I knew that if I started down that road, I would never end.
0: So I presume you were still eating plenty of animal based produce, plenty of meat being being on the ketogenic diet.
1: Oh, absolutely. My breakfast was typically, um, eggs, some sort of breakfast, breakfast meat and cheese. And then for lunch, I would probably have a huge salad. Um, as a keto, um, person, I I would eat a huge salad with, um, some sort of like dressing to help up the fat and then lots of protein in it. So whether it was, you know, chicken or, um, pork or beef, um, it didn't really matter to me. It was just like, make sure I had a protein, a fat, and then put it all on green leafy vegetables.
0: Yeah, that's great. And, and I think what I'm trying to get out here is a lot of people don't actually realize that when they're on a ketogenic nutrition, even though they are keeping their carbohydrates low, lots of the carbohydrates will be coming from fruits, vegetables, um, all sorts of leafy greens, like you say, uh, nuts, seeds, things like that, which still can cause inflammation, in the body so if it's something that you want to get on top of inflammation or even if it's that body composition goal that you're chasing then perhaps you need to go all the way to carnivore like you did so talk us through that transition how you went from going to full carnivore i presume you went 100 took out everything uh, and built yourself a base level from there
1: yeah so i actually tried carnivore twice the first time i tried it i tried to be extremely Um, I'm going to say strict in my approach. um, I was told, you know, beef is best. So you should only eat steak. And when you're transitioning, you shouldn't drink coffee and all of this. And I really struggled with that. It was really hard for me to adhere to um, that strict of a carnivore diet. So the second time I tried to do carnivore, I was a lot more um, relaxed in my approach and it was a lot more successful for me. So when I say relaxed, I mean, I ate the meat my body craved versus trying to fit into a form of eating steak. So I ate salmon. I ate a lot of um, like bratwurst and sausages. I kept condiments in at first. So I would eat like uh, nothing oil-based, but I would eat like mustard or hot sauce I ate a lot of cheese, a lot of pork rinds, and then eventually over time, my carnivore diet has just naturally transitioned to be a a lot more whole meats, less sausages, less processed foods, less cheese. At this point, I really eat mostly just a whole meat. And when I say that, I mean, it could be a chicken thigh or ground chicken or ground turkey or turkey legs or um, some sort of pork where it's, it's not. As curative a meat, and it could be a whole, you know, it could be steak, it could be ground beef. It's just the whole meat with no seasonings, no processing. Um, That said, I think the best carnivore diet for you is going to be the one you can adhere to. So, if for some people that means including seasonings and they feel good doing that, I think they totally should.
0: Yeah, I'm great. You touched on that because that's where I was going to next. Is the kind of what does carnivore mean to you? What is carnivore? Because You can put carnivore under a big banner, but also people like to call it animal-based, which I'm okay with. Animal-based is is perfectly fine. Uh, Whether you want to take that up to a 90%, 95% animal-based style nutrition, whether you want to call it carnivore, whatever you want to to do, I believe that as long as you're adding in all those animal produce and as long as you're making the animal produce the center of your nutrition, then if you want to call it carnivore, that's fine. So tell us about your carnivore nutrition. Is that 90%, 95%? do you do you do the strict
1: 100% so I just a little caveat here I think it's important that we have like a true definition to carnivore like I agree people should eat the meat they like can afford and makes them feel their best however there's going to be a certain segment of people who absolutely need to do an elimination carnivore approach where they're only eating meat salt and water and by diluting the definition of carnivore we've kind of convoluted what that means so to me, like a true strict carnivore diet is an elimination diet where you're removing all the potential inflammatory factors in your diet. And then beyond that, like eat whatever you like. Um, I always say that carnivore is a made up diet. We don't actually know what our ancestors ate. So for In practicality, I think that carnivore for you is going to be different than carnivore for me is going to be different than carnivore for anyone else. But the important thing that we get out of carnivore is that we eat the meat we like, can afford and makes us feel our best. The reason I don't like the term animal based in the way that it's being used currently is because there are going to be certain people who try an animal based approach, which typically includes things like honey and fruit. And those things might still be inflammatory for a lot of people. So they'll try an animal-based approach and then they'll say, well, carnivore doesn't work. But that's not true because they didn't do a true elimination diet to see what is impacting them. So sorry, that's a bit of a rant there. Um, In terms of me, I don't really care what people call their diets. (laughs) I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is that we are living our best lives. And so for Each individual that's going to look different.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree with with your rant as well because I have the same rant as well with people. (laughs) Uh, But the way the way I put it is, I always say, make sure you do the carnivore first. If you want an Mm -hmm. animal based nutrition, yes, that's perfectly fine. If you want to add in some vegetables and, and some honey or fruit, whatever it is you want to add in, but you have to make sure you go to carnivore first, which is what you say: meat, water, salt. Do that first. Because then you will know if those other things are causing you any inflammation or causing you not to reach whatever goal it is that you want to reach. If you then add them in afterwards and you don't see any difference, then for me, that's perfectly fine. That's your style of, of carnivore. That's your style of of animal based nutrition. So I share that rant with you all of the time. <laughs> so that's great. So in, ter- in terms of uh, exercise, you say that you you had fitness goals. So tell us a mm-hmm. little, little bit about those.
1: Yeah, so um, it was like 2015, I discovered the world of bikini competitors on YouTube, and I was just so enamored with their dedication and the discipline that it took to get to the stage. And I always wanted to do that, but I never physically could because of joint pain. And I think it would have been really difficult with my OCD and history of eating disorders to pursue that unless I was fully healed. So when I did Carnivore, I was finally in the mental space and physical, I had the physical health to pursue that goal. And uh, now I'm just really passionate about telling women specifically, men are important too, but I think uh, we have less of a narrative in... Um, female fitness about resistance exercise i think that you know yoga is pretty and jogging is pretty but um, weightlifting is maybe not as pretty um, but that's really what's going to give us the muscle mass and the metabolic health to live long healthy lives so i'm just passionate about sharing that passion with women
0: and and you touched on um, metabolism there as well and building muscle also burns fat so a lot of people want to lose weight and the best way to lose weight, when we talk about, when I say losing weight, I mean losing body fat. And the best way to lose your body fat is to build muscle.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, building muscle mass, eating at a slight calorie deficit, and then probably low intensity, steady state cardio would be my top three tips for losing body fat.
0: So when when you were going through your keto stage, going into your carnivore stage, then have you thought... Well, maybe I can add in some things like what we just talked about a moment ago. Have you thought maybe I can add in some other things into my carnivore nutrition now?
1: You know, I think it's interesting when we talk about reintroductions, because a lot of people consider reintroductions like, okay, what can I add that I can then eat every single day? Um, and I think of reintroductions more of like, what can I get away with occasionally? Because I know that if I eat macadamia nuts every day, I'm going to have a buildup of oxalates and it's going to be painful for me. I know that if I have fruit every day, I'm going, uh, I don't know if you've heard of um, fructose resistance. I just learned about this recently where um, some people are actually intolerant to fructose and so when they eat it um, their body tries to eliminate it kind of like if you had a lactose intolerance but when you eliminate the fructose it grabs things on its way out like tryptophan which is a an important amino acid for building muscle. Sorry, just learned about that. So I'm nerding out a little bit. But I know that if I ate a lot of fructose, my OCD symptoms would come back. Um, So to me, it's not worth it to see what I can add back every day. For me, I'm more about like, if I want something that's non-carnivore, I will allow myself to have it. But I um, I don't hype it up as a treat. I don't make it bigger in my mind than it really is and then typically like i just want a small amount of that thing so i'll just have like a bite or two um so i i don't know i don't think i consider reintroductions the way that other people do where they're like i'm gonna add avocado back to my diet it's like no that's dumb um there's a lot of fiber in there and oxalates and you're probably going to get a buildup of whatever that is and feel really shitty eventually
0: no, I think I think that's great. I think it's a good way to put it. It's all about your own personal mindset, and if you're going to allow something to come in, then you have to work out how often are you going to allow something to come in, and does that cause you a problem as well? Like mm. you say, is it going to be a once a week thing? Is it going to be a once a month thing? Is it going to be is it going to be a daily thing? And if it's going to be a daily thing, then perhaps you have to keep really good tabs on it and see how you your body is progressing and how you are reacting to that. Um, mm. But there there are lots of people out there now saying they're doing carnivore, like what we said earlier and turning it into animal-based nutrition. But we need to know how our body works. And the only way that we can work out how our body works perfectly is to strip it all down and take it back to meat, water, and salt. But when you talk to people who want to do this, because there is quite a lot of people out there now on the ketogenic uh, scale doing ketogenic nutrition who are not getting towards their goals, they're saying, hey, I thought I would be able to achieve whatever I wanted to achieve, whether it be body composition, a little bit of fat loss or even optimal performance. And saying I've gone keto and it's not working for me. So how then do you say to those kind of people, you need to try out a carnivore nutrition and this is the way that's best to do it?
1: I think my mindset around this has changed um, over time. I think that most of us should be able to tolerate a ketogenic diet. Um, I think that some of us have a certain amount of healing to do before we can do that and carnivore is a great way to do that like you said it just takes out all the clutter and removes all that excess inflammation, I will say if you're carnivore and you're not doing better. In that case, I don't believe in this narrative of carnivoring harder where people say, oh, you should restrict to one type of meat or something like that. I think you very likely have an underlying health issue that needs to be explored. All to say, like I don't think there's this I don't think there's immense benefit to continuously doubling down. If you go meat only and you remove all the inflammatory factors and you're still not meeting your goals, you need you need to explore why that might be what is going on with your metabolism that you cannot get better.
0: And do you think then, um, touching on that, what you say about you shouldn't be going harder and harder at it, if it's not working, it's not working, you should listen to your body, which is a great thing to say. Do you think there is a period like, let's say a honeymoon period where people go into carnivore maybe get some initial benefits and then kind of plateau do you think there's a, there's, a, there's a sort of period where people should start listening and looking out for that
1: absolutely um so I I have what's called chronic inflammatory response syndrome it's when your body encounters a biotoxin that you can't eliminate um, I'm genetically predisposed to it and I was exposed to mold you might know this as mold illness but carnivore I had been carnivore for two years before I was exposed to mold. And so I had a very good understanding of like, all of a sudden, I'm not doing well anymore. I think that if you are carnivore and you still have lingering issues like hair loss, leptin resistance, stubborn fat loss. If you have ongoing cramps and you just can't seem to balance your electrolytes, it's If you can get 90% of the way there and you still have this lingering 10%, that lingering 10% is telling you something and it's not something you have to tolerate and live with. It's something that you should dive into further. I will say that it seems to be a three-month period for most people where they'll start carnivore, feel these amazing benefits, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, but I can't budge this one last thing. That one last thing is telling you something.
0: Yeah. How then would you say to those people if they can't budge that one last thing, what is the thing to do? What should they be looking out for the things that they can try to help to budge that little last one percent?
1: Yeah. So I am not a fan of symptom management. So I think there's a lot of biohacking you can do in order to feel better, but it's not going to treat the underlying root cause. So for example, with chronic inflammatory response syndrome, one of the symptoms is low MSH. You can treat low MSH by getting more sun exposure, but you will have to always have that sun exposure to feel better. So I am not a huge fan of biohacks where then you are you're basically, you have to do the biohack in order to feel better. Um, Personally, I recommend working with a, like a nutritional provider. Um, Personally, I work with Nutrition with Judy um, who can help you identify those underlying causes, whether it's a gut issue, it's a thyroid issue, it's something like SIRS, there's just so many options. And I think it's very difficult to navigate on your own, where working with a professional can help expedite that process and make it cheaper in the long run, because you're not just like throwing money at the situation until um, something sticks.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way to go nail it down, make sure you know exactly what it is. But like you say, in the meantime, you can try those hacks, you can try acute stressors, you know, things like cold water therapy has been shown to help and um, getting more sleep. You know, that there is all sorts of things that you can try. And you say that, Um, then if you work out that potentially getting more sleep helps you, then you have to do that all the time. Yes, you do. <laughs> I agree with that. If cold water therapy helps you deal with whatever it is, then you have to do that all the time. Yes, to some extent, I would say put it in your lifestyle, because I'm all about making sure that your nutrition and your lifestyle go together as one big thing. They are not two separate things. You can't say, well, I've got this in my lifestyle, but my nutrition is this. My nutrition is this. So my lifestyle is this. I say put them both together and have a nutritional lifestyle. So so you said there that it's, it's hard to work out if there's still something wrong. It's hard to work it out with those biohacks or those acute stressors, but try them you know, have a go with them. See if it alleviates whatever's going on. It may do. And then you may want to add that in to your lifestyle as well. But then again, like you say, go seek professional help if you can't get over that hump and it just keeps coming back and coming back and coming back because it shouldn't.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm not a fan of being dependent on anything. And so if those things make you feel better, it might be a good sign that there's a root problem that you need to explore further.
0: That's great. And we've talked a lot about going from keto to carnivore, but how in the first instance, if somebody is suffering, because there's more people out there in this category, if some people is suffering with inflammation or or the extra weight that they need to lose, how do they take the first steps from going, let's call it um, the standard American diet, the standard British Western diet, whatever you want to call it, eating lots of processed foods, lots of carbohydrates per day. How do they begin to go to a towards a more ketogenic style nutrition
1: i'm a big fan of just adding more meat (laughs) Um, so i think that a really attainable approach to eating better um, would be to remove seed oils from your diet remove grains from your diet and then really focus on protein at every meal if you make protein the highlight of your meal and feel fill up on protein first um, and by protein i mean Meat animal based products it doesn't necessarily have to be 100% protein. Um, if you fill up on animal protein and fat first and then just leave carbs as the kind of accessories to any meal, I think that's a really great way to start making movements towards feeling better.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I'm pleased you said about the fats there as well, because so many people, when you say about prioritizing protein, they'll go out there and buy the leanest meat that you can possibly find or buy the concentrated whey powdered shakes and and try and live off those um but it's all about having that animal produce and the pro if you prioritize the protein and then get the fat that comes along with that protein because those two work together those two are the the vital essential macronutrients that we need carbohydrates are non-essential people out there might have heard this carbohydrates are non-essential for human beings which means we don't need them Non-essential means we don't need them. Lots of people say, yeah, I know they're not essential, but how many of them should I be having? <laughs> no, you don't need any at all. So like like uh, you say, go down the road of prioritizing the protein and fats and take out all that processed food. That's the stuff that's causing you generally the inflammation and the the stopping you achieve your goals. And there's people out there who, who have different goals. People, Some people have, body composition goals, like we mentioned, some people want to lose body fat, some people want optimal performance. Mm -hmm. Now, along the way, optimal performance has had the same thing said to it over and over again, is you need carbohydrates, you need to up on your carbohydrates, you need to eat more and more
1: carbohydrates to have optimal performance. Why is this not right? In terms of performance, I think that the percentage of people who actually need to optimize, if you're looking at the population as a whole. Like, who is that? That's professional athletes. Most of us just want to live a life that we enjoy. And I think that by having better nutrition, you can enjoy life better. Um, And then anything beyond that is just increasing your misery by Pursuing this idea of optimal. Um, but in terms of optimal health, like really what you need is you need proper nutrition, and proper nutrition is fat and protein. And then carbs are just accessories to that. We know that our body can, through a process called gluconeogenesis, produce all of the glucose that our brain needs to survive. And so, like you said, they're just not essential. And if they're not essential, then they're certainly not optimal.
0: Yeah, that, that's absolutely correct. Gluconeogenesis can provide the body with all of the glucose that you need, even including high-intensity workouts, even even the if you are trained, specifically trained as a professional athlete, then you should be able to put out your optimal performance without any carbohydrates. But it depends on your training. Lots of professional athletes and lots of elite athletes out there are not specifically training on a lower carb, or a reduced carbohydrate nutrition. So if that's why they end up performing better with carbohydrates. You could be more elite and get more optimal performance out of yourself if you train specifically on a lower carbohydrate nutrition. But let's go back to the uh, person on the street. Okay, the person on the street wants to just have a better lifestyle and a better nutrition, like you say. We just want to make things so that we can live with them, and we can live with them for a long time, which comes that, that makes the question sustainability. People often look from the outside at keto, paleo, any sort of type of nutrition, reduced carb nutrition, carnivore especially. They look at it and they say, well, you can't sustain that for a lifestyle. So what would your advice be to those people to say, look, this is how you build it. This is how you build your own nutrition, your own lifestyle, and this is how you make it sustainable.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This is one of my favorite pieces to discuss. Um, So when we talk about health and wellness, and wellness being this concept of being very inclusive of all factors that make you well. So this could be mental health or social health. Um, And when we look at those factors in terms of how we strategize carnivore, if you're just looking at your health pillar, like objective health, your physical health, yes, 100% carnivore 100% of the time might be the ideal for that pillar. But if you bring in all the other pillars of wellness, including your social health, um, social health being we are social animals, and so we have our tribes and your tribe might not necessarily be carnivore. So what is the, the benefit of allowing yourself a little bit of wiggle room in your carnivore diet so that you can participate in that social pillar? Um, So when we're looking at this wellness pillar, it's not just like if your health is 100%, it doesn't mean your wellness is 100% because your social or your mental could be at 0%. So it's about balancing all of those pillars and figuring out what works for you. So I always say that there's no perfect carnivore diet because we all have different health histories. We all have different lifestyles and we all have different goals. So when you're looking at building a carnivore diet that will work for you, it's touching on all of those three things for yourself. I don't really have a good way to say this in just a few sentences that would help any like one person figure it out on their own. I did build a course, um, so it talks about all of the different like parameters around carnivore that you could kind of try and figure out. W- the end point of the course is to build a custom carnivore diet for you. Um, so it takes into consideration things like meal timings. I know that there's this like conversation in carnivore about OMAD being the best, but I challenge that a lot of our lifestyles just don't aren't conducive to eating one big meal in the middle of the day. It, there's also some implications for digestion and how our digestion system works when we eat food. It pushes the food we ate further, or we ate um, previously further down our digestive tract for a lot of people with digestive issues you're going to be better eating small frequent meals day all to say like there's so many considerations when you're looking at what would be the perfect diet for you that it's really hard to look at one example and be like oh that's how everyone should eat I think it's more a thing of seeing how different people eat and how they're successful at that and then picking up what works for you and leaving the rest behind
0: yeah that's great it comes back to like what you said before about a carnivore Nutrition is different for you as it is for me, as it will be for the for the next person. I think the the whole thing, the whole thing to take out of there, what you're saying is you have to have your goal. What is your goal? Put that up in lights. Is your goal health? Is that your main thing or is your goal just to have a better lifestyle? Is that your main thing? And then you can pick and choose from each one. Socializing, family, friends, you know, pick and choose which one's more important and how does that fit in? if if you if you're wanting to eliminate something let's say you've got a, a digestive issue let's say you've got something that's really really stubborn and won't move then you're going to have to focus on health for 100 percent until that's gone once that's gone then you can maybe dilute health a little bit you know fo- put some more focus into the other things into socializing into friends into athletics exercise whatever it is that you want to to add in there that's, it's a great way to put it um so hopefully people can start to build their own nutrition because at the end of the day Yes, all right. You can work with a coach, and you can. Uh, people can point you in the right direction, but it is down to you at the end of the day. When you finish working with your coach, or when you go home and you sit down and look in your cupboards, looking fridge, it's down to you what you want to do with your nutrition. So mm-hmm. you need to build your own mindset, and you need to work out how you're going to do it. So it's great that you put it that way. <laughs> now, so so give us a, an insight into your kind of kind of day. Everybody wants to know what you eat. So tell us what, what a, a random day looks like in, in your life.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, a random day. I eat the same thing all the time. Um, Normally, I have bacon for breakfast. I prefer uncured, unsmoked right now. So just um, it's really just pork belly <laughs> every yeah. morning for breakfast. And then for lunch, uh, I'll typically have some form of ground beef. I really like burger patties, and I might throw throw a couple slices of cheese on there. And then I eat a lot of animal variety. I think there's there's benefits in the nutritional profiles of different animals. Um, So for dinner, I might have chicken thighs or salmon filet. Or um, lately, I've really been enjoying um, country ribs. I don't know what they would be in the UK, but oh my gosh, they are so good.
0: We can get um, like a rack of pork ribs. Um, mm. so it's, it's just basically fat with a little bit of meat on the end near the bone it's great <laughs> you roast them for ages and, and it's really really nice so it could be something similar you said that you eat three meals a day just about um generally most days most people when they go to a ketogenic or a carnivore style nutrition hear about a lot of people doing a lot of fasting chucking in these intermittent fasts or going days without eating Is that something you would say people need to do? Is that something people should do? And do you do it?
1: Do they need to do it? No. Should they do it? Maybe. Um, I think that I did intermittent fasting when I first started keto and I have tried things like OMAD, so it's... I mean, practically, it's like a 24-hour fast every day, and I have done extended fasting in the past. I think it's a fun lever to play with in terms of seeing how it impacts your nutritional health or fat loss goals, Uh, but it's absolutely not something that everyone has to do. Um, There's, when I'm thinking about doing a fast, I typically have a very specific goal in mind. Um, At times when I've been, when I've had health issues, if I do an extended fast, it's to rapidly reduce inflammation in my body. That was the only time I've ever done extended fasting. For people who are severely obese, like morbidly obese, clinically morbidly obese, you may be able to get away with extended fasting as a way to expedite fat loss. I don't prefer it as a long-term strategy or approach. There's some really interesting studies about how it impacts your dopamine receptor. So every time you do an extended fast, it reduces the um the sensitivity of your dopamine receptors, meaning you have to continue to fast in order to feel that good. Um, So I have concerns about that in terms of long-term dopamine health as well. Um, But for intermittent fasting, I think this is a really good strategy for people, especially um, people who are coming from more of like a standard American diet or people who have food addiction. Um, that they're trying to recover from. I found intermittent fasting really helpful for me in terms of just like moderating my eating in a way that taught me like, oh, I'm okay. I'm not actually hungry right now. It's not time to eat. And it was a very good strategy for me to be able to get over my food addictive um tendencies.
0: Yeah, that's great. I mean, we touched on a little bit earlier about acute stresses and things to add in at certain times. And fasting is definitely one of them, similar to exercise, similar to the cold therapy similar to to everything acute that you want to add in to nutrition. Fasting should be one of those, but it should be one that it doesn't happen all of the time. You don't do it the same all of the time. Uh, you need to be, it's like a tool for your toolbox, tool for your nutrition toolbox. You need to be able to have it and use it when you want, but not like say all the time.
1: Right. Like I said, I'm not a fan of being dependent upon anything. And so when I see these people doing long-term extended fasting i'm like oh man it's a different form of addiction that's all it is
0: yeah brilliant i have super enjoyed talking to you i don't want to take up all of your day it's been great that you've come and told us your story hopefully we've helped loads of people along the way go to whatever goals they want to achieve they can pick and choose out of this where they are and where they want to go with it but for people who want to follow along with you i know you've got great instagram so tell us about your handle and anything else you've got a website a youtube anything let's tell people where they can find you
1: yeah you can find me at lady carnivory everywhere um if you go to lady that's where i put all of my carnivore recipes that's a fun creative outlet for me i um, trying to figure out how to make different foods out of just meat products um, and then i'm most active on instagram so if you want to get a hold of me definitely should be a dm there
0: That's brilliant. Great. We'll put all your links up so people can go follow you. And everybody loves a can of our recipe. So we'll have a look at some of those. Thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great.
1: Thank you for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity.